What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Mr. Walton, did you make contact with Alien? Would you take him to another planet? To a mothership? How do they communicate with... Can you tell me what they look like? Can you tell me how many of them there were? Were you, were you giving food? Injections? It's important the entire world learns of your experience. That's enough! But the teachers are alive. They're not books. They are the very living essences of nature itself. Unbelievably powerful supercomputer that's running our reality, and we don't have a clue yep. as to how to operate it. Say in your mind, say to yourself, I am more than my physical body. Because I am more than physical matter, I can perceive that which is greater than the physical world. Broadcasting from the Forest Tower Studios in the Mossy Creek Bottoms of Cane Creek, Arkansas, I'm Joe Roop and this is Lighting the Void, voices for verity in this crazy realm of polarity. Good evening, how you doing? Thanks for joining us wherever you are, if you're listening in your office, your car, on your headphones, or in your bed, it doesn't matter, all across the World Wide Web, thank you. It is Tuesday, January the 9th, and the night is cold and damp here in the natural state as the moon is waning on into midnight. Fire up your chakras, sink both hemispheres of your brain together, and shoot your magical beam of light through your third eye. Tonight with us as we peer into the void between spirituality and science on this wonderful night. Thanks for joining us. Now, this is a live show broadcasted on thefriends.fm and can be heard on lightingthevoid.com. Talk stream live. Tune in. Spreaker. 
iTunes Radio, Radio Guide FM, Radio Garden, and more by proxy via the Fringe FM. The talk stream live, listen to, well, call it a listen line. If you don't have data, if you're having data issues, it's 701-719-3971. Call the number for tonight is 501-777-5631. Tricked by the light. That's the subject we're going to be talking tonight. Wayne Bush is going to be joining us here just shortly. I do want to say uh, thank you to Brian for donating to the show and to the network. When I say we are on red alert, I mean, guys, we are on red alert. So if you can help, that would be great. Just go to thefringe.fm or lightingthevoid.com. Go to the donate button. I don't care if it's five bucks. If you can spare it, we need it. Now, we usually don't get in situations like this. We're only a year old. We're the new kids on the block. And I've struggled back and forth, back and forth. Should I do advertising? Should I do listener supporting? And because I haven't made up my mind, it's kind of backfired on me a little bit. So... If you can donate, go ahead and do that for us, please. I would be much appreciated. You have no idea how much I do appreciate it. Uh, it costs a lot of money to run all this stuff, and I'll leave it at that. Um, also want to say thanks to the guests last week. That was cool. And tomorrow night, you usually know when you look on the website, I put out Tuesday and Wednesday night. Well, I didn't put out Wednesday's night show for a particular reason. I had a certain guest contact me. It's kind of a big deal to me, and if I can, it's almost confirmed. And if it is confirmed, it'll be a pretty big milestone. We've, I mean, we've had some really good guests on here lately. Um, and I don't know if you guys heard this when I had John Lear on the program. Uh, several people have told me that it sounded like that the phone was tapped. Now, here's something interesting. Ever since Don Lear's been on this show, and I'm not one to go spouting about conspiracies or anything like that. Oh, yeah, I want to say, I got to say this. Everybody over at the Bell Gab, how are you doing? I'm, I'm giving you validation right now. This is me. How are you guys doing? You guys are funny. You're entertaining. All right, so ever since I've had John Lear on the program, I've had the websites come under attack, my personal websites come under attack, and... Several IP addresses flooded in from the Philippines onto the server. Now, I've tracked that IP address down to where its location, looked at it on Google Maps, and it looks like a very tall, abandoned building, so it's probably a proxy server or something. I don't know. You decide. But I've had a few people tell me that. Um, any, anyways, I don't want to get too far down into the conspiracy stuff, but you guys do remember the age-old talk show when John Lear was on Art Bell and they had this discussion about not going into the light because it could be a trick. Well, Wayne Bush from trickedbythelight.com is coming up to discuss some of his research about this. So you're going to be intrigued at the very least. So that's coming up. Um, now, I already told you about tomorrow night. We may have a surprise guest. I'm working on that. Saturday, I'll be over at Spaced Out Radio doing the Spaced Out Radio. Spaced Out Saturday, we're going to do uh, Aliens Among Us Volume 2 with Preston Dennett. But I will say this, guys, we may have a problem. And I'm hoping we don't, but since this week has started and since all this tech stuff has started, I've had two blue screens of death this week. Now, I think I've fixed them, but uh, there's a lot, of, a lot of crazy tech stuff going on with these chips, and I, don't, I hope, I, I'm praying it's, I'm not under attack here, but as far as all that goes, but yeah, I've never, I mean, I custom built this computer. I got an awesome card, I've got an awesome chip, I've, I mean, I've, you know, you 
splurge on it. You build a computer because I do a lot of stuff on this. I run the whole show off this, this one computer. So I hope it doesn't get my baby. I really do. Don't forget to go to ancientlifeoil.com and get your bottle of ancient life oil. That's the best stuff. The most pure CBD oil on the planet. Also get your per tower and uh, per tower. What the hell? Empower and protect course from the uh, freighter Xavier at lightingthevoid.com forward slash Xavier. Click the banner on the website. Also sign up to the newsletter. We're still going to do our monthly drawings. We send out the mail once a month for the winners. And Yeg won that awesome DVD. It's well, I think it was about one hundred and fifty dollars with all those speakers on it. So we want we give away cool stuff here. So. Thank you for all the new signups on the newsletter as well. Also, follow, like, and subscribe. Everything is lighting the void. YouTube, we're getting a lot of, we've gotten quite a few YouTube subscribers here lately. So, follow, like, and subscribe. Everything, everything is lighting the void. Now, I told you I wasn't going to do birthdays anymore because it's kind of cliche. But I got to say a big freaking shout out to Jimmy freaking Page just turned 74. So, I had to toss that out there. All right. Enough with the stupid stuff, right? Let's get on with the Gilson report, shall we? Got to do that, even though I hadn't seen Jeff in a coon's age. Now, everyone talks about Google and Facebook as watching you, right? But the truth is, over 77% of websites today are tracking you. 77% of all the websites that you go to, not just Google and Facebook, not just Amazon... 77% of all the websites you go to are tracking you. According to new research, that will surprise pretty much nobody. I'm sure you're not surprised, but just to let you know, 77% of websites are tracking you as you navigate around the web. Uh, Now, the one thing that they're using, just to know, so you want to know how, how are they doing that? Well, a widely used mechanism for much of the tracking is an image file of a single pixel. They put a single pixel... On your web, on their web pages to track you with, and I think it was Ghostry and Clicks. That's who did this research, and they examined 144 million web pages, and found that just under a quarter. Matter of fact, it was approximately 22.6 percent use no trackers at all. Pretty shady stuff, man. Our internet has become so shady. So be watching because they're watching you. Now I may be a little dumb, but I haven't heard of this. And I'm wondering if you have, and I want to know if you're going to do this. On January the 12th, I'll just give you a little history. Have you ever heard of Cyronics? You guys heard of this? On January the 12th, 1967, James Bradford, a psychology professor at Glendale College in California, who had just died of cancer, took his first steps towards coming back to life. On that day, the professor became the first person ever frozen in a... I guess it's Cyronic or, or Cryonic, excuse me, Cryonic suspension. I don't know why I called it Cyronics. Embedded in liquid nitrogen at minus 321 degrees Fahrenheit. So what is uh, Chironics, right? Or Cryonics, excuse me. I keep saying that wrong. I think I spelled it wrong. But anyways, it's the process of suspending somebody that just died in a frozen state. I think Walt Disney did this too. Until the remedy for what killed them has been discovered. So then, theoretically, the person can be thawed out and cured. Science will only consider a person properly preserved if they can be revived with all of their memories intact. So if you go brain dead, you're out. You, you can't do this. So many questions 
are rising about this, whether those currently frozen can be successfully revived. Are there currently frozen people? Yeah, there's a ton of them. So this process vitrifies the brain, turning it into a glass-like substance. This uh, neuroscientist, Caltech guy, Christoph, of course you'd have a name like that, Christoph Echoing, says that many experts said it would be utterly amazing if this change to the brain's chemistry didn't destroy the synapses that hold memories. Now, one major champion of freezing is Ralph Merkel, a board member at the Alcor Life Extension Foundation facility in Arizona, having performed their first human, uh, I guess it's cryopreservation in 1976. They have 153 deceased patients frozen in its facility, including Bedford. And almost another thousand people have made arrangements to be preserved when they die. Between Alcor and the Cryonics Institute in Clinton Township, Michigan, there are at least 290 people chronically frozen in the U.S. This is freaking insane to me. We are so afraid to die that we're freezing ourselves. This is kind of old hat news to me, but, you know, we're still doing this stuff. And what I want to know was would you do it? Would you freeze yourself so you can come back? So maybe they cured it. This doesn't give you everlasting life. It's only going to cure the problem that you had before you died or after you died. And it honestly, it doesn't make sense to me. Like after you die, they freeze you and then they cure it. Are they just going to resuscitate you? I don't know how they're going to do that. But uh, yeah, we've got more popsicles out there. Don't forget about that. Go freeze yourself. Go freeze yourself. <laughs> All right. You know how you guys hear me complain all the time. I want to move out west because that's where all the UFOs are. Well, according to reports of UFO sightings, Manhattan reported more UFO sightings than any other bureau. Manhattan. Manhattan has gone from Studio 54 to Area 51, leading the five bureaus in sightings of unidentified flying objects over the last two years. Now, this is just data from the National UFO Reporting Center. I don't think it's MUFON. It's not MUFON. So otherworldly tourists have included UFOs and they have seen round uh, orange orbs. We hear about that a lot. Obviously, cigar-shaped craft and even an unknown creature that teleported into one New Yorker's backyard, according to some of these reports that made to this Washington-based group. Now, this is a, a government reporting group. In all, there have been... 27 spacey, spaced sightings, space sightings. Okay, 27 sightings in the sky, got it, in Manhattan since 2016, with Brooklynites close behind reporting 24 strange objects from a very bright, round-shaped light in the sky to a fireball of lights. Also in Queens, they've had 20 unexplained episodes with a particularly impressive arrival last June. I didn't know that. New York, you don't ever hear that. All the magazines, everything that I read, it's always Arizona, California, Montana, Dakota, all those places over there. The Midwest, all the way to the West. Manhattan has got the most, according to this report. So here's the skivvy on the chip, flaw, uh, the chip flaws. I can't even talk tonight. Man. Um, Just so you guys know, because I think... This is a little bit bigger than we're letting on here. But you guys know that on January 3rd, 
a group of cybersecurity experts announced the existence of two security flaws affecting virtually every microprocessor on the planet. They even codenamed this thing Meltdown Inspector. The Meltdown exploit affects computer processors that were built by Intel over the past decade, used in the majority of consumers' PCs, and over 90% of the world's computer servers. Now, this sounds a little dangerous to me, but it's more widespread than, than they're really telling us. Because it doesn't just affect Intel processors, but also it affects uh, AMD processors as well. And the uh, ARM chips, the AR- ARM chips over in England. Now, these vulnerabilities could potentially allow hackers to access personal data from computers, mobile devices, smart TVs, and cloud servers around the world. So we're looking at a possible global meltdown. That's why they're calling it meltdown, if somebody gets into this good enough. And if they put malware, if if you get this malware infection from this, such as a virus or a worm, to read the chip's kernel memory, and I'm not going to lie, one of those blue screen... Uh, I had this, it was not yesterday, but the day before I had that blue screen of death. I had a kernel memory error, which allows the malware to bypass the usual privilege checks that would otherwise isolate the data from such an... How are we going to stop this? How are we going to stop this? I mean, seriously, there's nothing here that says anything about stopping this. All it says is make sure you update. They've even stopped an update today. They were going to, I think, uh, Windows and Mac, maybe it was. I know Windows, for a fact, was about to release an update. And they stopped it because there were more errors afterwards, something like that. So they haven't figured this out. All they're doing is telling us to say, hey, uh, just make sure that you update your computers. Don't worry. We got it. This is crazy, man. I hope my computer lasts through the show because I'm starting to freak out a little bit about this. It's not really fear-mongering or anything like that. This is really happening. All right, well, anyways, don't worry about that. Just kind of slide that to the side and, you know, don't worry about it. The windows will take care of it, right? Anyways, uh, when we come back, tricked by the light. Is the light a trick? Wayne Bush is going to join us. Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be right back with Lighting the Void. and uncover the truth. This is Lighting the Void Radio. KTLK Digital Broadcasting. We rock the paranormal talk. Lighting the Void is proud to announce Mind and Magic's Protection and Defense Course for protection from magical and psychic attacks. This is not a joke. Magic practitioners are on the rise, and with that comes attacks from baneful or black magicians that try to harm or hurt others for their own selfish reasons. If you are not a believer in psychic attacks, then this isn't for you. If you are, and you want the power to defend yourself and your family and home, 
that I highly suggest you grab Freighter Xavier's Protection and Defense course. In this course, you will learn how to tell if you are under attack from a natural source or if an individual is attacking you. The four forms of curses and attacks. How to remove self-imposed curses. The correct way to cleanse your home from negativity or malevolent entities. How to make your own holy water. What you should always keep near or under your bed. Herbs that banish negativity and promote purity. The most powerful banishing rituals on the planet. And for those that seem to want to harm you the most, how to put your enemies in a hell pit of their own making. You can also learn protection against shadow people and other entities. Or are you just in a bad planetary alignment? Even how to get rid of an enemy using a tic-tac box. It does not matter what your faith or belief is, this will work. Click the banner on the website at lightingthevoid.com or go to lightingthevoid.com forward slash Xavier. Hi folks. CBD is the home run hitter for health right now. Why, you ask? Because of what it does for the body. Unfortunately, I can't tell you all about the benefit. You know, there's reasons. Do your due diligence and log on to ancientlifeoil.com. That's ancientlifeoil.com. Ancient Life Oil uses organic ingredients and is blended in coconut oil for some of the best benefits. Legal in 50 states and non-psychoactive. Log on to ancientlifeoil.com. That's ancientlifeoil.com. Select Joe Roop at checkout at Ancient Life Oil. Live from New York, it's Saturday night. Live Saturdays on the Fridge FM. The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable at 1 Pacific, 4 Eastern. Dark Waters at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern. Into the Paranormal with Jeremy Scott at 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern. Spaced Out Saturday with Joe Roop, 9 Pacific, Midnight Eastern. And S4 with Eric Cooper, Midnight Pacific, 3 a.m. Eastern. Live Saturdays on the Fringe FM. We rock the paranormal talk online at thefringe.fm. Hey, Fringe FM listeners. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or no Wi-Fi available, you can still listen to every minute of the Fringe FM by calling 701-719-3971. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. Saves your data plan and no extra cost if you have unlimited minutes. Call 701-719-3971. That's 701-719-3971. Listen to the Fringe FM on any phone, anytime, anywhere. You're listening to Lighting the Void Radio with Joseph Roop. Stay up to date right now, lightingthevoid.com. Hi, this is Ryan Gable, host of the Secret Teachings Radio Show. If you are interested in ancient knowledge and hidden mysteries, as well as a unique and balanced perspective on conspiracies, symbols, and the occult, then join me every Saturday, Sunday, and Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe. Hey, space travelers, it's Joe Roop, your host of Spaced Out Saturdays. Come join me as we explore the realms of the paranormal, the esoteric, and everything in between every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. You know the truth is out there. Don't get caught sleepwalking. Come join Spaced Out Saturdays. That's every Saturday night, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern. On the Fringe FM, we rock the paranormal clock. Come own the night with us. Hi there, this is Dave Scott, host of Spaced Out Radio. Every Monday through Friday, right here on KTLK, The Fringe FM, I'm going to lead you down a path of mystery, intrigue, and suspense. So whether you've seen a UFO, had a run-in with Bigfoot or Dogman, or had ghosts running around your house, this is the place to be. Spaced Out Radio, right here on KTLK. KTLK. 
This is Lighting the Void Radio with your host, Joseph Roop. It's the show about truth-seeking and freeing the spirit, shattering your limited beliefs, revealing hidden truths, and much, much more. Welcome back to Lighting the Void. I'm your host, Joe Roop. Uh, I do understand. I'm just getting messages now that some people, uh, the show that I hosted on Spaced Out Saturday where Dark Waters gave out free memberships, I will tell you this. I did text him, and he said he would take care of it. So I can assure you, you're going to get your free memberships from that show, and I will stay on top of it. I promise you, Angel, Christopher, whoever, uh, he's just super busy, but we will get that taken care of. All right, now. Let's bring on our guest. Wayne Bush is the creator of the website trickedbythelight.com, which for over 12 years now has investigated the popular uh, meme that souls go to a white light at death. Now, Wayne strives to answer the age-old question that we all ask. Where did we come from? Why are we here? And what happens when we die? Wayne has studied numerous uh, numerous areas of relevant research, including near-death experience, out-of-body experiences, psychedelic experiences, ancient teachings such as the Sumerian tablets and Gnostic texts, the latest findings from the scientific community, and, and last but not least, the overt and covert message, uh, messages of pop culture, including music, movies, television, language, government, and religion. You can check out his website at trickedbythelight.com. Wayne, thanks for coming on Lighting the Void. How are you doing? Well, thanks for having me, Joe. I'm I'm doing fine. It's a little cool here in Austin, Texas, right now, but um, you know it's not too bad. Right. It's well. It's supposed to warm up doing? here tomorrow. It's supposed to get like in the 60s, I think, just for one day. Yeah, I think I think we got up to 70 today, so that was pretty nice. So I remember the show, and we were talking about this at break. I remember the show where Art Bell was freaking out, asking everybody that, "Hey, don't do. Have you ever heard? Don't go to the light. It's a trick." And apparently John Lear told him that, but what you were saying is Whitley Strieber might have been the one that told John Lear that when he told Art Bell. Yeah, I, I think I have that that actual interview because I was trying to find the one where John uh, told Art that it's a trick not to go to the light. And, but I found, you know, I've got most of John Lear's interviews, and I, I think I found one where he said, well, he, he, he qualified and said, well, now that's what Whitley told me. Of course, Whitley had so many of those abduction experiences with the with the gray aliens, you know. And um, I've actually found a few near death experiences where they they at least a dozen where they see see gray aliens in the light during their experience. Well, you know, it, when I went to your website, I like how it's set up because it's really simple, and you've got everything in the subject matter. You know, each little subject you can click on the avatar and read about it. And I noticed you had that section there about Robert Monroe. Now, Robert Monroe's mm-hmm. books, he had some fascinating experiences that he couldn't explain. He would just journal them. But, you know, I was putting that, that together, too. And back then, to be honest, when I started kind of putting that together with some of the stuff that I read about, you know, this this is like a prison planet. And we're in, trapped in this reincarnation energy cycle type thing. I was like, is anybody else researching this? And about that time, it wasn't a month after that, I seen uh, Wayne Bush on The Secret Teachings, Tricked by the Light. And I was like, dang, so I went to your website, started looking at it, 
And sure enough, you've been you've been at this for a while. Now, was it that show that had you look into it, or were you looking into it way before you heard that? Absolutely, it was the John Lear show when he. Um, I I was interested in near death experiences. Um, I'd read books like you know, um, Life After Life, Saved by the Light, Embraced by the Light. And I had just been coming out of like a, a Christian background. And, and so I was interested in spirituality. And I had a friend who we would go down to the bookstore and he was into UFOs and aliens. So he would go over to that section. But I was more into the you know spiritual stuff. And so what I found was was these near death experiences. And that really interested me. So um, when, you know, I slowly started getting into more, um, I guess, new age type stuff. And I, found, I heard about the Art Bell show. So I, I started listening to his show. And um, when he had John Lear on and John talked about the light being a trick, um, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. I really need to investigate that because it, at a certain level, it did seem to make some sense to me. Well, um, then, I'll ask you some questions about the Did you read and or listen to all of Robert Monroe's books, the trilogy? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Absolutely. I've, I've read all three of his books and I've seen like a nine-part series, I think it is, on YouTube where he, it's like, I think it's called Wednesday with Bob and Monroe. But um, some of the interesting stuff that, that Robert Monroe talked about, when I mean, we just besides the out-of-body experiences, where he talked about this thing called louche, and right. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, and he was saying that somebody somewhere is, you know, trying to find this energy source uh, for um, something. He was very vague about it, but he, he definitely said that they needed something of value and that he, he termed it louche. It was like he didn't space. understand it, really, but it had something to do with... Um the emotions that we have in relationships or something, right? Or our experiences. And he, yeah, and he said the pure, he said the most pure form of it or the purest form of it is, is love. And they, you know, they, they did experiments or whatever. They found that love was, was the, the strongest, um, purest source of luge. And so that does kind of tie in with, with a lot of the near death experiences where they, they feel this overwhelming, um, love when they're in the light. And, um, you know, I don't know. I wasn't, ready to quite go into the near-death experience stuff now but it's it's not a big deal you know where they were they were talking about how we need to come back um to earth to to learn and and one of the things we need to learn is to love right and but they said in order to do that basically you know you you need to suffer you know that's that's why they say that we suffer here is, is it's all about learning but um i've never quite understood why suffering needs to be a part of the learning process myself um but, Unless it gives off a certain energy that certain people want when you suffer. Right. Exactly. They may be harnessing or harvesting the, the energy that we give off and, and using it to 
basically sustain themselves. And there's a lot of, um, I wouldn't say a lot, but there's quite a few examples in the near-death uh, experiences. There's this website called Enderf, N-D-E-R-F.org, and they've chronicled over 4,000 near-death experiences on it. And there's like a search uh, box where you can type in terms. And I've um, tried everything I can think of. And um, one of the interesting things is there are beings that, that can take any form in the light. And sometimes, you know, they'll appear as your, your, your father, your mother, a deity, you know, an angel. Um, and one of this one guy said, you know, it wasn't until I asked, you know, who are you really that, you know, she, she, she appeared to him as the Virgin Mary. And when he asked, who are you really, that she took her, her natural form and, these entities say that they can they can take any form they want to make them feel um, comfortable. Is what they say, but um, so the the light uh, we're talking about this, here is the light that people say they see when they die. I see this light. I'm heading towards right. the light like a bug towards a zapper, right? White light, yes. Um, and a lot of them they 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 say that they're like sucked into the light. Um, some of them see the light and they're curious and, and off they go. But a lot of times, I would say most of the time, um, they're drawn there beyond their control. I mean, and it may be them subconsciously wanting to go there, and off they go. Um, there are a few cases where, where people are able to, um, you know, kind of reset it and, and not go to the light. But um, I would say almost all the cases, they're, they're um, kind of pulled there beyond their will. I mean, in a sense, they... And once they get there, they're, 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 they don't seem to be in control of the, you know, they have a life review and all this other stuff. And they're kind of, uh, in a lot of cases, some people describe the, the white light as being cloudy or misty. Um, others say, it, you know, it's a pure, pure light. But uh, it's interesting that, that they describe, describe it as being cloud-like or, or misty because, um, I lost my train of thought there. Um, what we were talking about... Um, well, you were I'm sorry. You were talking about the cloud and misty part of it, and I think that has something to relate to, like the one of the ancient gods, doesn't it? Um, well, it does relate to the Gnostic teachings, where they they talk about um, Sophia, who was the the mother or the goddess of wisdom, and she supposedly inadvertently made this mistake. She she desired she was in the thirteenth ion of the thirteenth level, and she desired to go higher. And the, the demiurge um, was upset because she was going to leave her station, and so he got angry. And what they did was they um, they he shone like his own light and tricked her into looking down below, thinking it was the light that was above. And so she came down to the to the, the false or impure light, and then they they enclosed around her and 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 trapped her and and stole her light. But what they said was she she was basically embarrassed, and so um, she. Um, Put him in a cloud is what they said. They, that he put him. They put it. He, she put him on a throne within a cloud. Gotcha. And there's a lot of there's near death experiencers where they 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 see the clouds and um and then not only that they see a being on a on a throne. And um in many cases there's actually a couple of cases where I search for the the face of God, and near death experiencers will will see faces. And a lot of times it's you know loved ones or angels or whatever, but they usually can't see the face of God because it's so, um, the, the intensity or the frequency is just so, so bright that they, they can't see it. But of the few cases I saw, there were a couple and specifically one named Charles where he said that it had the face of a lion. 
That God had a face of a lion? Gnostics actually. Mm hmm. The face of a lion. He said, he said, he said it scared freaky. the crap out of them because they had the face of a lion. Yeah, man. And the Gnostics, the Gnostics described this, this false god deity as having the face of a lion. And so there's a lot of things that do. Um, the body of a serpent, the right? The Gnostic. The face the of a lion of serpent, and the body of a right. serpent. Hey, mm -hmm. now that you are mentioning that, I don't know which book it was in Robert Monroe's book, but do you remember a. Um, a part where he was talking about where he went into this place and he wanted to go wherever God was, or he was looking for a more higher realms. In other words, trying to figure out what this was all about. And a being kind of came to this place where he was with all these other people. And they all had to lay, he said they had to lay on their stomachs and this thing would like slither or walk over their stomachs. You remember that part? No, I don't. I was kind of oh scanning God. through it, scanning through it real quickly to try to find relevant parts, and I didn't really reread it in depth. I mean, I had read them like you know twenty years ago or something like that. Well, he talked about uh, a part where he, and I don't know if he was looking for God or whatever, but he said when this being came around, everybody kind of knew that they weren't supposed to look up. In other words, they weren't. They were just supposed to respect it, and not look up at it or anything. And they all kind of laid down, and this thing would just would go over their all their stomachs. And he said it felt like a snake or something going over the, something like that going over their wow. their stomach or midsections, like they like was kind of using them as a bridge or something. Wow, the the the, the experiencers uh, a lot of times do mention that they're told not to look up. I, I interviewed one. Because, um, you know, some people were on my website saying, well, you know, it would be interesting to see what near-death experience was, uh, would have to say about your theory. And I, I was kind of dreading it, but I'm like, yeah, I really do need it. So I went to the, the local IONS group, which is a near-death studies uh, group. And so they would go around, and there was like a half dozen or so people there that, that had to have the experience, and they would briefly tell it. And, and this one man in particular was talking about how there was a lot of psyops on, on the planet right now. So I said, man, that's the guy I need to talk to because he'd be understanding of a, of a conspiracy type theory. So I talked to him after the meeting and I said, have you ever heard of, of anybody mentioning the Demiurge or Archons? And he, he looked at me and he said, he goes, I met the Demiurge. And he didn't know anything about my website. And he says, the moon is here and the Demiurge was like right here. And, and, and he was talking, then he started mentioning aliens, you know, and that, that's a prominent part of my website. Right. You know, as you know, John Lear talks a lot about the moon and, yeah. and aliens, obviously, too. But um, back back to um, uh, Robert Monroe, since it's so interesting. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to say that a lot of the near-death experiencers do say that they're told not to look up. And, and that man in the interview was told not to look up. And I was talking to him. I had lunch with him like a few weeks ago, and he said that there were all these eyes that were looking at him because he he knew not to look up, but that there were all these eyes. And I showed him the um, there's a painting that um, Alex Gray does. I think it's called Collective Vision. And it shows yeah, all these. There's a the white light at the center. It's got all the eyes. And I showed him that, and he said, yeah, and he basically said, "Yes, that's it." But um, back to the Robert Monroe stuff because it's it's so interesting. Uh, actually, Robert Monroe talked about meeting the Demiurge, or not meeting the Demiurge. Well, I guess he, he, I guess he did meet him uh, in this Wednesday lecture that he gave. Um, he, he called him the entry director. And he says, you know, when you come down to Earth, you know, you have to go through this director. And he's like showing you all these possible bodies that you can take, you know, locations and, and stuff like that. But uh, he called him the entry director. And one of the interesting things that Robert Moreau mentioned uh, when I was going back through the books was he talked about an emitter. And he said this emitter 
um, controls or, or projects this, he called it a hologram or a dream. And actually at this near-death studies group that I go to here in Austin, they, they mentioned Robert Murrow quite a bit. He's in, held in high esteem because he has like this gateway uh, program. Yeah, the gateway program. program. Where, you know, I, basically, I guess you can kind of go to the light yourself. But um, it's interesting that he was, he, I try talking about the loose and things like that, and it just falls on deaf ear, deaf ears. They don't really want to talk about anything negative, I don't think. But um, it, Robert Moreau talked about the submitter that um, projected what he called the dream or the hologram. And then he talked about um, he, he had, he would go up, like you were saying, trying to find God and stuff like that. And he would find what he called the eye there, the IT. Yeah, the eye there. I remember that. The eye there, and he said that's like two or three thousand. I guess basically it's kind of like an oversoul. It's like two or three thousand different souls or lifetimes that he's had, and he was talking about the need to reintegrate all those parts and pieces back into, I guess, the whole or the one. And um, he, he's talked about a lot of really interesting stuff in his in his research and how he would talk. He talked even talked about how we all got entrapped down here. That you would come down and find it curious, and and then and then a lot of the stuff he would talk about is the need for to reach a escape velocity in order to uh, I guess blink out or exit out as he, as he calls it. But well, um, another thing that freaks me out about this is when I was looking at your website, I started thinking about the Robert Monroe books again, and not only him but Preston Dennett because they they would run into beings that were trapped. Uh, you know, some of them didn't know they were dead or like children that were looking for their mom um, and things like that. And they would try to help them, like grab their hand and they would fly up and they would try to go to the higher dimensions and say, look, I'm going to take you back to your family or whatever. And sure enough, eventually they would look over and they'd be gone like they would just disappear or dissipate. And <laughs> that's yeah. that one just I know what you're thinking, man, but really that one thing just freaks me out so much because, you know, death doesn't scare me as much as my consciousness blanking out, like leaving like this, no more Joe Roop ever. Just say there's no more Wayne Bush, no more Joe Roop ever. And yes, you, you get recycled into another lifetime and all that from this main source of consciousness, but you will never remember that dude. So technically you're dead in physical and consciousness because there's no memory of you. Unless you go well, back to the Akashic Records or whatever. Right, exactly. They A lot of the near-death experiences will remember multiple lives that they had. And, and like you said, the Akashic Records, everything that we, we do here is, is recorded somehow, <laughs> some way. And um, it's like archived off. And, and matter of fact, when you have that life review, um, they can show any any anything you've done in your life whatsoever. And I guess a lot of people would maybe feel some guilt over some of those things. And, you know, eventually they... they convince you that you need need to return either that or if you don't want to they'll, they'll basically just send you back and there's a difference because the, the near-death experiencers obviously haven't died yet so it's hard to know what actually happens after you die unless you you, you, you read some of the stuff on in between lies or life between lies where they put you uh, like a hypnotherapist like dr um, michael newton or, or Dolores yeah, michael newton journey of souls that was a good book yeah. Right. So, but I think they only they only got so far into it because, uh, like a lot with the alien abduction research, there's like screen memory implants that they can place there, and so you think you're talking to to the, the spirit or whatever, but you know they 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 there's another layer behind that, and you don't really get to it. 
um, unless you're very skilled. I mean, I think some of the people like um, uh, Professor Jacobs, David Jacobs, he's done like thousands and thousands, and he's very skilled and can get so, past that initial. So uh, let me ask you this, Wayne. Let's say that it's time for you to die whenever that day is. Now, you've been doing like probably the most research about this trick by the light thing than anybody I know of. So you pass away. You see the white light. And you've got a choice. Let's say you're not being sucked to this thing like a bug and a you know, it's so beautiful and you know, you just get zapped or whatever. But Bugs life, yeah. Yeah, let's say you've got a choice. What are you gonna do? I mean, what are you gonna try to do? Um, well that's obviously a big question and, and I and this is just my own my own thinking is that um uh, probably the greatest scientist we've ever had, Nikola Tesla, he talked about how he said, if you want to know the, the, the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. So, you know, like we've got this electromagnetic spectrum that we're in, and we only perceive just a tiny, tiny sliver of it. But, you know, there's all these gamma rays and everything beyond that. And then when you, you go to sleep at night, if you're falling asleep and you're losing consciousness, and, you know, we've got like five different brainwave states too you know the 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 beta is your waking consciousness but then there's alpha and beta and delta and even the gamma the gamma wave state that's higher but um so you when you when you fall asleep you know you're it just shows that there's different levels of consciousness and some of them are are you're more aware and others you're just you know groggy and you can't even you're incoherent kind of stuff so if everything is frequency based and a lot of these near-death experiencers will say that um you travel by intention or desire or thought or or will so you know you're, you go you think of where you want to go and you're there in a the blink of an eye i mean most of them it doesn't happen because you know they're drawn through the tunnel and then they're there in the cloud and they're, they're having their life review but some of them have traveled around so that they say that you can create your own reality with you know manifest it with your own thoughts and will so if all those things are true for me i i think that um i'm just going to have like this uh, focused intent on um raising my frequency and some of the near-death experiencers say that um you have a higher state of consciousness when, when after after you've died like that, and so it's just a natural ascension um, higher in frequency. But you know you get distracted by that beautiful light, and you go through the tunnel, and then you're, all of a sudden you're sort of in their domain, right? And they can influence you um, with different, you know, whether it's the love or or just the you know the magnificence of a being uh, in a white light sitting on a throne and and all that. But um, for me, I'm gonna just increase my frequency and um my goal is to there, you know there's this other near-death experience named david where he was taken on a tour through like seven different heavens in each heaven that he ascended upward and he said the, the the light and the love or whatever was was like a million times more powerful than the preceding one so um i don't think he even got out of the you know, all the different realms of the of the demiurge or the false the false realms but it does show that um I think the higher you go in frequency and higher dimensions, that um, the the light is more pure and and you know down here we're we're, we're trapped by this fallen state of consciousness that we we somehow uh, find ourselves in right, and so to answer your question, and I think William Buhlman was asked the exact same question, and I've got his answer in here somewhere too. But um, I talked to him he, though, but I didn't. Uh, I've had him on the show. I'm going to get him back on the show, but I didn't. You know, at the time, I wasn't thinking about anything but getting out of the body. You know, I wasn't thinking about higher states or higher dimensions. 
and even still yet to this day i've managed to get out of my body but i can't i still can't leave the yard for some reason yeah here it is uh, william dillman says i'm often asked what what i will do when i take my final breath he said my answer is this i will demand to experience my higher self my spiritual essence I am not content to simply go to the light. I am not content to accept past acquaintances and comfortable surroundings as my new reality. In fact, I am not content to settle for any form-based reality as my spiritual home. I absolutely know there is so much more available beyond the realms of form. There exist dimensions of magnificent living light simply waiting for us. All we need to do is awaken and accept their reality. Two powerful truths are apparent. First, all form is but a reflection of pure spirit. Second, we are not helpless victims of an external force that dictates or directs our reality in our lives. We are bestowed with the power of free will and the ability to take spiritual action. Why would you settle for a pale reflection of reality when the pure realms of spirit are always present? So in a lot of in his books, he, he talks about how, and I think he's had over 100 out-of-body experiences himself, oh, and, yeah, and he also searched. And he surveyed over 16,000 out-of-body experiencers. So this guy knows a lot about the astral realms, right, and how to travel in it and, and what all's there. And he talked about, um, you know, he would have these little commands that he would give, like higher frequency now. Awareness or move now, in. yeah. Yeah, awareness now, clarity now, move inward. And so for me, that's what I would do. Uh, and, and I think you have to be careful with using words because the language is, is a spell. And if you say words like, I want to go to source, well, the word source is exactly the same as the Greek word for lizard, saurus, like dinosaurus or whatever. So you got to be, so for me, it's, you're using like pictures or, or just pure thought, if you will. But um, I will, I will do like sort of a mantra, like the higher frequency now and move inward those kind of commands so that uh, I'll just keep um, ascending in frequency. You actually be moving inward. But because um, I think our consciousness is we're projecting all these external projections out, out of it becomes our it's like our shadow, the parts of us that we don't understand. And, um, you know, Carl Jung, the, the great Swiss psych, psych, psychologist was talked you know, we talked about 12 different archetypes and one of them was a shadow archetype. And he was talking about how, you know, we all have a shadow within us and, and so that we need to, um, uh, um, you know, kind of recognize it. And uh, he did, I think he said assimilated or um, I forget the actual word he used, um, the, 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 um, or the text of uh, both, what is it, the uh, Emerald Tablets talks about transmuting the darkness into yeah. light. Yeah. So that's and that kind of falls in line with what your your title of your show is lighting the void and and I think we need to do you know that these these archons or these shadow beings that are that are basically attacking us or you know they're they're kind of part of ourselves that we need to accept and recognize but um I don't I wouldn't consider assimilating but but just um transmuting it you know into light but so yeah I'll just keep kind of doing those mantras and, until I keep, because uh, the last thing you want to do, you want to avoid these external distractions. Like they can, you know, call you into the light, like, you know, your, your mom or your dad or your loved ones. I was or, just I mean, fixing to ask you that. I had images mm -hmm. of my mom going, Hey baby, come on over here. I, you know, just, well, yeah. yay. It's my family. You know, wait a minute. They have that. They have access to all the Akashic records, and, and they can definitely do that. They can um, appear to you as your best friend. And, Matter of fact, there was somebody at the near-death group. Her, um, they sent one of her 
to her very best friends to um, to convince her that she needed to come back, you know, because she said that they sent like a representative of God first, and it was like this 20, 30 foot magnificent being, but she refused to go back. And so, you know, they try these different ploys or tricks, you know, and, you know, we all have one weakness somewhere, you know, and they'll try to find it. But you have to like block all that stuff out and have this like, no pun intended, but like a tunnel tunnel vision, right? To to go to go um, higher in frequency, and that's that's what my plan will be. This is extremely unsettling, Wayne. You know, that? well, I mean, think about it. Like all our life, we've been taught that it's everything's so easy. You just die and you reincarnate, or you you, you know. All I'm saying is, is uh, it's a little scary if you think about it. You know, because what if you're right? What if your life, research is right? Life here right now is is pretty scary. I mean, you think about our situation. We're on a planet where you literally have to kill creatures just to survive. I mean, you have to eat, you know, maybe not every day, but you have to eat, and everybody does. And in order to do that, you have to take someone else's life force, and you're, you're killing them. And, you know, we think we're at the top of the food chain, but, you know, there are shamans like Carlos Castaneda wrote about in talked about that that can see these entities and and they basically like i said they they farm us like like we would farm chickens or or cows and they can take our energy um there's you talk to um uh, hospice workers and stuff like that and they will tell you um as i did when my grandma was dying i asked her about the um she ever saw these white orbs and she said oh yeah they're you know, here all the time and i asked her about the shadow beings and she just kind of nodded her head she didn't seem to want to talk about them but she acknowledged and there was a, a, a tv show called a paranormal witness i think it was called and they had an episode on on the um i think it was called the death angel or something like that but they would, they would go and talk to these hospice workers and they said well you know we're not allowed we can't talk about this because nobody will bring their 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 dear grandma and, and leave her here with us if they know there's all these um you know, the angel, you know, the Grim Reaper and these uh, you know, beings are around. But they said, yeah, they they do. They're here. And um, I've seen so, the shadow beings in the astral realm. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. I've been. Yeah, I've uh, I've told the story before. But basically what happened was is they shoved me back in my body. You know, like one time I was coming out of my body or at least it could have been a dream. But I thought I was coming out of trying to come out of my body. I was in sleep paralysis. And it was almost like uh, I was getting angry or shoving, you know, like headbutting, trying to get out of my body. I was so mad because I couldn't move. I couldn't move my fingers. I couldn't do anything. And uh, this command came through me, and it was like, you know, I command you to release me by life and light. And the funny thing about it was when I said that is that it wasn't even my voice. It sounded like James Earl Jones said it or something, you know. (laughs) And sure enough, I started coming out, and this shadowy blob just kind of came down real fast, pushed me, and I and I just woke up. Yeah, I think there's a website called Your Your Ghost Stories or something like that, and and uh, yourghoststories.com, and they got thousands and thousands of uh, these reports or experiences where people see this these shadow beings all the time. I, I've seen one in a photograph. I had a ex, one of my ex girlfriends um, when I was visiting her. Her sister, we're looking through photographs, and there was this this tall shadow being just standing right next to her. It was like seven foot tall, and my colleague has, has seen him, and even his children have seen him too. The man I interviewed has seen him. They, I think they're they really do, and they do exist. But um, 
back to what I was talking about with, um, you know, that we're not necessarily at the top of the food chain. We like to think we are, but that there's these entities that we can't see, but um, they're there and they can feed off, feed off our, our, our fears, our doubts, our all the negativity. They can even feed off um, the, some of the more positive emotions, maybe the, the love in some cases that uh, Robert Monroe called luge. But then yeah. you think about like a, a football stadium where there's, you know, 100,000 screaming, screaming frenzied fans and, and, you know, or American Idol, you know, where everybody's just screaming. I mean, I think they can probably feed off of all that euphoria too. Um, that's so wild to think about man because what if you're right yeah so I mean, that in the way... back of my head dude i'm thinking this is crazy right you know but i didn't believe in astral travel i didn't even attempt it until i read robert monroe's books wayne i didn't even attempt it and after i went through his books twice i started attempting it and it and i never got out of my body and then i got william buellman's material his first material that was how to have out-of-body experience. And just like Todd Akamisa said when he was on the show, he didn't start coming out of his body until he started using that. And then, you know, uh, William says that you don't really come out of your body. We're already as far out as we can go. You're really going back into consciousness, mm. you know. And uh, With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Now I'm seeing these shadow beings, and I'm thinking about all the stuff Robert Monroe said, and I'm looking at your website. And I got to be honest with you, man, it's, it's starting to add up a little bit. And there's real, real creatures on the planet today that use light to lure their prey, like in the movie Finding Nemo, where there's this anglerfish that, that dangles this light out in front and it lures its, its prey to it. And then there's a cuttlefish, which um, cycles through these different lights to like hypnotize its prey. And then there's the, I think, glow worms in Antarctica that they'll be on top of the caves and they'll mimic the, the night the stars in the nighttime sky. Um, so there are quite a few different creatures even here on Earth that, that use light as, as, a, as a means to... Um, we do that to, down here to deer. Right. We put a spotlight mm-hmm. on them and they just look at us like dummies. Yeah, the, the deer in the headlights. Uh, yeah. yeah I mean. Or you can whistle at them and they'll look at you, but that's terrible. I, don't even, I used to murder deer by the dozens when i was a kid but i didn't have a heart back then but yeah they so, loved light too so they're they're shaman that can evidently perceive or see these entities right and so um then the, you have the exorcist that you know the you know i have to go in and you know somebody becomes possessed by a demon or whatever so there are uh who was it edith fiore i think it was that she wrote a book called um, the unquiet dead and she would, um, in hypnotherapy, she would find out that a lot of people had these, uh, what she called them, attachments 
these spirit attachments that um, a lot of us do. I supposedly have it. And I know um, Steve Richards and his holographic kinetics um, training and stuff like that. They, they remove all these, these entities. Um, I had a friend in the UK that, that went there and he had like 17 entities um, attached to him. There was like Dracos and uh, Greys and reptilians and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I know, I mean, I know it's not proof or anything by any stretch, but it does, if it's, if it's, you know, as above, so below, like the hermetic principle, right. um, if it's, if it's down here, you know, that, you know, the Bible says we were created in God's image and, you know, so if it's, if it's down here, it's, it's very possible that it's also in other, other realms. Yeah. I, I want to get into a little bit more sun and moon stuff when we come back from the break. I know that, uh, you talk about that quite a bit, a little bit of the ascension process and, uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff, man. I mean, I could go on for hours about this. This is a great subject. We'll be right back with Wayne Bush from trickbythelight.com. Don't go anywhere. exclusively for the paranormal community called paranormal radio paranormal radio has a great selection of streaming talk shows dealing with ufos the supernatural sacred geometry ndes and much more including a network highly recommended the fringe fm you can download paranormal radio right now from google play and the itunes app store oh you know what i like about me this is Rich Giordano, host of The Paranormal Code. No, I'm serious. The show's on twice a week now, Sunday and Thursday, on the Fringe.fm and Spreaker, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 Pacific. Yeah, it's two hours. It's live. And I do a show like you've never heard before. So you're going to come here, you're going to get your information, you're going to be entertained. But you're also going to hear the truth like, you know, you won't forget. Like you've never heard before. And for those of you who've been following, thank you. Thank you for talking me into this extra night. Now I'm on twice. Great. Hey, good for you, right? The Paranormal Code. This means something. Paranormal. Somewhere between abnormal and paranormal. The U.S. military holds the ability to time travel. Jeremy Scott asks the questions that we're all dying to know. Wow, that's a remarkable question. Watch your step. Hide under your blankets. The show that is going to make you think. Prepare yourself for what you're about to hear. This transmission is coming to you. You're writing 
into the Parabnormal. Live Saturday nights at 6 Pacific, 9 Eastern on KTLK, The Fridge. Hi, folks. CBD is the home run hitter for health right now. Why, you ask? Because of what it does for the body. Unfortunately, I can't tell you all about the benefit. You know, there's reasons. Do your due diligence and log on to ancientlifeoil.com. That's ancientlifeoil.com. Ancient Life Oil uses organic ingredients and is blended in coconut oil for some of the best benefits. Legal in 50 states and non-psychoactive. Log on to ancientlifeoil.com. That's ancientlifeoil.com. Do you find yourself bored and longing to learn more about the mysteries and conspiracies behind our reality? Specifically, every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific? What a coincidence, because that's exactly when me, Gigi, and my lovely co-host Cortana kicked over the airways with just the right amount of intellectual stimulation to give you that eargasm of conversational excellence that you deserve. So be sure to check out our show, Shift Habits, every Friday night from 7 to 9 Pacific, that's 9 to 11 Central, and let's shake some talk radio tail feather, shall we? Right here on KTLK, The Fringe FM. Hey, it is I, Kurt Green from the Kurt Green Hour. Come hang out with me every Wednesday night at midnight, Pacific Standard Time. As we unwind, hey, grab a cup of coffee, hang out with me, enjoy the ride. That's midnight every Wednesday night, right here on the Fringe.fm. Hey, Fringe FM listeners, guess what? TalkStream Live has just released a new paranormal app exclusively for the paranormal community called Paranormal Radio. Paranormal Radio has a great selection of streaming talk shows dealing with UFOs, the supernatural, sacred geometry, NDEs, and much more, including... A network highly recommended, The Fringe FM. You can download Paranormal Radio right now from Google Play and the iTunes App Store. This is Lighting the Void Radio with your host, Joseph Roop. It's the show about truth-seeking and freeing the spirit, shattering your limited beliefs, revealing hidden truths, and much, much more. We're still getting strange on Sundays. Hey everyone, it's me, Dave Cruz, host of Beyond the Strange Radio, letting you know we're on live Sunday nights right here on the Fringe FM. The Strange Sunday saga continues live at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Listen on thefringe.fm or at beyondthestrange.com. Again, that's Sunday nights, 5 p.m. Pacific. See you there. To call the show, pick up the phone and dial 501-777-5631. That's To Lighting the Void, I'm your host, Joe Roop. We're here with Wayne Bush from TrickedByTheLight.com. Don't go to the light, folks. It could be a trick. Maybe. We're going to keep talking about that a little bit more. Tomorrow night on the program, I guess I could give it away. I may possibly have Whitley Strever coming on the program. He said he was going to... No, he could come on the program. 
Uh, and then I exchanged times with him, and I haven't heard from him since. I think he's a pretty busy man, but there's a possibility Whitley Strieber is going to be on Lighting the Void tomorrow night. So we're back here with Wayne Bush talking about the light. And um, I was thinking, you know what I was thinking, dude? Did you watch um, that Hobbit movie where he was chasing the dragon smog or whatever? And he was like, why are you hiding in the shadows? Step into the light. And he looked all evil when he said it. It's like the light was meant to be an evil thing or something. And you see that in a lot of movies, don't you? Well, there's another one, I think, Lord of the Rings, where they're like in a marsh or something like that. And there's a golem type creature. And he's talking about the the shadows of the light also. Yeah. You see it in a ton of movies. It's just crazy how how much it's there. But, uh, you know, if you do have Whitley Strieber on, make sure you ask him about the light because I know that when um, John Lear was on the Art Bell show and Art Bell, uh, this was like the second time. I mean, this is after he had said that don't go to the light, it's a trick. Art yeah. brought it back up in a subsequent interview and he asked him about that. And he said, and, and, and John qualified it. He said, now that's what Art, I mean, that's what Whitley told me. He told Art that that's what Whitley Strieber told him, that the light was a trick. And of course, Whitley's had all these uh, abduction experiences right. where he's, you know, yeah. been with the Greys, and so maybe he knows. Maybe he'll talk a little more about that. And just in like case said, you guys don't it. know, he still does Dreamland too. If you guys remember that Dreamland, mm-hmm. yeah, go to unknowncountry.com and check out that show. It's still really cool. But yeah, I'd love to talk to him about that as well. But um, do you think that we're being programmed like we're being programmed? to go into the light, whether it's in movies, religion, and all this stuff. It seems like that that's just what we're being fed to do, right? It's what's in the language, um, you know, all the – it's just crazy how many different phrases we have. You know, uh, you know you're know, you enlightened or um, I saw the light or, I mean, then um, it dawned on me. I mean, there's just so many catchphrases that they use. And then if you look at the logos that these – billion dollar corporations have and how many of them you know incorporate the sun into their logo um there's just dozens and dozens if not hundreds of them and uh you see the eclipse a lot too by the way but um um the um as far as the sun goes you look at the esoteric secret societies and many of them have it in their name like the order of the golden dawn or the Knights of the Golden Circle. I was I just saw I was watching TV the other day and they were talking about the Golden Globe Awards. So it's just so prominent in our culture. Everywhere you look or, or turn, it's you know you hear these um, words about the sun. I mean even, but then there's like these tongue-in-cheek phrases where they say you know you're SOL. If you're SOL, you're you know you're shit out of luck or whatever. But, right. I mean, that's like a, It's almost like nobody kind of gets that that it's the soul, S-O-L, soul, and that's the sun. But it's kind of like a uh, a nudge, nudge, wink, wink, inside joke for them, you know? Yeah. Wouldn't that be crazy? It was just a bunch of archons and aliens just going, look at these fools. Look at them. They just keep going toward the light like bugs in a zapper. And and how many of the religious figures (laughs) have have like the the halo or whatever, but you look at the the pictures and there's this this golden um, sun behind them. It's just constant throughout. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even question it if it wasn't for the scientific nature that Robert Monroe took when he was doing these things. And they kept talking about these beings disappear when they go into the light or they're heading towards the light and they just dissipate. And you're thinking, man, what do you mean dissipate? 
You know, like what? <laughs> that's, it freaks me out a little bit. Uh, John Teeter was here from the Spreaker chat. Wants to know, hey, what if you want to reincarnate on another planet? Have you had anybody talk about that? And the astral travel or any of the studies you've done? I would think you could just like command it maybe or something. Well, my, my friend who I interviewed, he's, he actually has uh, kind of like one of his plans. He says that you can um, negotiate. You know, First of all, I personally wouldn't want to go through the tunnel and into the light. If you get to the point where you're negotiating with the demigurge, I think you're kind of fighting a losing battle at that point. But he's, he says that you can uh, request a, a better planet to be on. And maybe, you know, the lessons are kinder and, and more gentle, whatever. But, um, yeah, you, there are. When he was coming back to Earth, he saw these these souls veering off to other places that are way different than what ours is. But there are there are other planets that you can incarnate on, definitely. Oh, I forgot. But by the way, if you guys want to call in and ask any questions to Wayne, it's 501-777-5631. I'm supposed to talk about that when I come back from break, but I never do because I'm so focused on this conversation. Uh, David J. in the Spreaker chat says, so here's a question. Tibetan dream yoga teaches that you have to enter the clear light. He wants to know what you think about that. Is that the, the real light maybe they're talking about? Well, the Tibetan Book of the Dead talks about um, entering the void or entering the clear light. And they said, um, stay away from the smoky light of hell. Um, it's possible that the, the void, the clear light is... is um With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I don't know the solution. Um, I, I searched for void on the on the Enderf website, and I think about two-thirds of the ones mentioning the void were positive experiences, and maybe a third were negative. Um, there's different kinds of voids. Maybe there's a void where it's a lot of darkness, and um, a lot of times that's not really a, a pleasant experience. But um, I don't know. I have, I have There's one that Melon Thomas uh, Benedict, I think his name is, where he went to a light behind the light and then he also talked about a um a void and i, I can read that um, um here, here's the ones i think we're just talking about going to the light behind the light he said uh, as i began to move toward the light i knew intuitively that if i went to the light i would be dead so as i was moving toward the light i said please wait a minute just hold on a second here i want to think about this i would like to talk to you before i go to my surprise the entire experience halted at that point you are indeed in control of your near-death experience. You're not on a roller coaster ride. So my request was honored, and I had some conversations with the light. The light kept changing into different figures like Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, mandalas, archetypal images, and signs. Aww. I asked the light, what is going on here? Please, light, clarify yourself for me. I really want to know what the reality of the situation 
He said, I cannot really say the exact words because it was sort of telepathy. The light responded. The information transferred to me was that your beliefs shape the kind of feedback you're getting before the light. And here, here's the one where he went to a light uh, beyond the light. He said, as I passed into the second light, I expanded beyond the first light. I found myself in a profound stillness beyond all silence. I could see or perceive forever beyond infinity. I was in the void. I was in pre-creation before the Big Bang. I had crossed over the beginning of time, the first word, the first vibration. I was in the eye of creation. I felt as if I was touching the face of God. It was not a religious feeling. Simply, I was at one with absolute life and consciousness. I can tell you this now. The void is less than nothing, yet more than everything that is. The void is absolute zero. Chaos forming all possibilities is absolute consciousness, much more than even universal intelligence. What mystics call the void is not a void. It is so full of energy, a different kind of energy that has created everything that we are. Where is the void? I know the void is inside and outside everything. You, right now, even while you live, are always inside and outside the void simultaneously. You don't have to go anywhere or die to get there. The void is the vacuum or nothingness between all physical manifestations, the space between atoms and their components. I was in the void, and I was aware of everything that had ever been created. It was like I was looking out of God's eyes. I had become God. Who, who, was, who, who said that? Melon Thomas Benedict, I think he had a, a near-death experience. Um, he's, he's quite well known. The Kabbalists um, uh, call that the Ain or the Ain Sof. You know, the mm-hmm. Ain, the Ain Sof, mm-hmm. and the Ain Sof forward, it's like right. way above Keter. Right, right. I actually had a, a woman who emailed me. I think she was from Florida, and she had um, been reading my articles on my website for like a year, and then she had an, an uh, I guess you could call it a near-death experience. She she went into a coma. And for like, I don't know, a few weeks or something like that. But she said that um, when she was having the experience, she told herself not to be tricked by any relatives or angels. So she kind of put that out of her mind and she found herself in this void. And she said it was the most peaceful um, place she'd ever been and that the nurses would, would come into her room and she was emanating such peace and everything that they um, they commented on it and how peaceful she was. And, you know, they treated her so, so nicely because of that, you know, and brought her flowers and all this other stuff. But then Whoa. she said that oftentimes, you know, she can go back to that place of peace, peacefulness and that her face kind of glows because then, that you know, people will comment on it. So that is one another experience of, of the void. I had another woman who wrote me, and uh, she went to more of a black void, and she... Um, she literally said that she saw these like seven demonic type entities um, oh, that's that were like antagonizing her and trying to feed off of her. And they were like, you know, t- you know, sh- sh- doing things from her life that she had done that, you know, where you didn't help somebody, but you could have. But yet it was something that they really should have done for themselves. So, like, you know, little nicky knack, ticky ticky tack type stuff. And they, and so she was going through this just hell experience of these things like um, tormenting her, right? And then she saw this um, this entity that she called, she literally called uh, an archon, right? And this thing, um, she said it had a um, serpentine-like tail or lower body, and um, she couldn't see the head or the face, but that she she just kind of kind of had the knowledge that it was what she would call an archon. 
And she sent the experience to Ender, and they would not publish it as a near-death experience, even though she was in ICU for like 12, 14 days. And um, they did publish it on OBERF, which is for out-of-body experiences and other type experiences. But um, they wouldn't they wouldn't post that one <laughs> as a near-death experience, which I found kind of odd. More serpent um, bodies. That's freaking me out a little bit, too. More serpent bodies. That's right. I, I think... I really think you guys should get Robert Monroe's books if you're a skeptic. I'm just saying from a skeptic's point of view about this, you know, you don't want to, you can't pick up a religious text really and go off of that. You can use it for correlations and parallels, but if you want to see somebody take a scientific approach to what happens through dimensions of consciousness, I would definitely recommend Robert Monroe or William Buhlman. Would you, would you agree with that? Absolutely. William Buhlman's stuff is, is just phenomenal. As far as I'm concerned, it's more in the solution category. I mean, he covers, you know, how to have out-of-body out experiences and, and all that, too, which um, I don't think Robert Monroe got so much into the, you know, how solutions. I'm not sure he even, you know, talked about the light being being a trick or, or a problem at all, but he did talk about the emitter that emitted this, this uh, you know, what he called a dream or a hologram. Um, so he did have some interesting things to say. Um, also, the um, the Sumerian texts, you know, like Sumer is the first civiliz- civilization that, that we know of, you know, um, you know, as far as archaeologists. I mean, people talk about Atlantis and Lemuria and all these other civilizations, but we don't have a whole lot of um, hardcore evidence. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying Sumer is the, is the one civilization that, that we have a lot of records on. And in those texts, um, the there's like seven, um, they call them the Anuna, which are basically the Anunnaki, the, the gods. And that they, um, Inki was asked by um, Nama, who was the primordial uh, mother goddess. And, and you know, the, the gods were complaining because, you know, they were having to toil and work and they were getting tired. And so they wanted to um, create a worker slave. And so, um Inky told uh, Nama, the mother goddess, that the being we we need already exists here on Earth. And so basically they were talking about the primitive early hominids. And so genetic scientist, and he took and modified or altered the, the DNA and, and created us so that we could basically worship and give them praise and work for them as, as slaves. But Inky's um, was called the, the supreme dragon in the text, and his symbol was the serpent. So um, once again, in the most ancient text we have, there, there's the, the serpent deity again. What do you think about the moon, man? What do you think that is? Do you think it's like, because it's, a, it's well, really a mysterious like satellite thing. There's so many questions about it. It just seems to artificial. be artificial. I mean, John. Yeah, John Lear knows so much more about the moon than, than I have in my little finger. But um, his uh, website, The Living Moon. I don't know if he still keeps up with that or not. But um, you know, it, it's an artificial. Um, it looks like a, a rock, but it must be hollow because when the astronauts landed, it it rang, they said it rang like a bell, right? So that's pretty curious. And then there was a time supposedly when there was there was no moon, so. People have speculated that it was maybe towed into position there. Of course, you have Star Wars where the, the satellite or the moon is is, is the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's so many people that, that have you know looked at the moon and found a lot of structures on the moon, um, buildings. I think Mark Gray even interviewed uh, uh, 
uh, was which one of the astronauts I'm, I'm drawing a blank on which one it was but he was saying that there were buildings and structures on the moon one of the astronauts and um so and you look at the craters the craters are so smooth i mean how does that how do they get so smooth? I mean, I'm no scientist. Maybe there's an explanation for it. And well, then, the, I mean, the, on a spiritual the whole level. thing to top it all off is that the moon is like 380 times um, closer than the sun, but 380 times smaller. So that when it passes in front of the sun, it, it just forms this perfect eclipse, right? Which is just crazy, eerie to me. And then, of course, the, the moon always shows the same side to us you know they you know pink floyd did the album dark side of the moon you know but it's because you know this the one side is always facing toward us and you know scientists will say it's tidal locking or or whatever but still it's hard to you know pass that off as not being pretty weird i think (laughs) well you know what i was talking to you about the break how the golden dawn refers to uh the astral realm and the dream world your lunar body and then they're trying to ascend to your solar what they call the solar body and then on from there mm-hmm. it seems like this whole alchemical process they're talking about of getting you know consciousness and rising in consciousness goes step by step and right along with what robert monroe saying who'd never studied the occult or the golden dawn or anything that to my knowledge and and is talking about how once you get you get on earth it's like you're trapped here you're stuck in this game and you can't get out because I know in the third book, and I hate to give spoilers away on this book, but they're trying to rescue one of their friends, and he's he's oblivious to everything because he's just stuck in this consciousness. Right, and I was going to read this thing. Oh, here it is. For, uh, a lot of the secret societies, like you mentioned, they do talk about um, the lunar light and the solar, you know, light of the sun, and um, I know was it Gurdjieff talked about the moon being uh, what is it food food for the uh, or men being food for the moon. He was um, into the secret stuff too. But um, the uh, from the secret teachings of all the ages by the 33 degree Freemason Manly P. Hall, he talks about the three suns and he says certain Rosicrucian scholars have given special appellations to these three phases of the sun. The spiritual sun they called Vulcan the solar and intellectual sun, Christ and Lucifer, respectively, and the material sun, the Jewish demiurgist Jehovah. Lucifer here represents the intellectual mind without the illumination of the spiritual mind. Therefore, it is the false light. The false light is finally overcome and redeemed by the true light of the soul called the second logos or Christ. The secret process by which the Luciferian intellect is transmuted into the Christly intellect constitute one of the great secrets of alchemy and are symbolized by the process process of transmuting base metals into gold that was from the secret teaching of all ages so yeah the and i know that alice bailey who is a theosophist i've got some of her books too that are interesting where i think she's got one called the oh is it the astral light and then another one it's like um talking about how the the rays the seven rays or whatever yeah the seven rays yeah i think it's called the solar initiation or something i mean they're talking about the initiated in the sun and all this other kinds of stuff and i never really read the books because i don't believe in it but i I read it as as, uh kind of have an interesting eye on what some of the um leaders of this planet believe because a lot of them um i think george bush um senior which i'm no no by the way Uh, what do you mean you don't believe in it you don't think that they're right about it well, I mean, I don't know. They, I, I just, I just think it's kind of a trick, like some of this other stuff. Um, that, 
I mean, maybe the sun is a stargate or something like that. I mean, I don't know. But I personally believe that the sun, the white light of the near-death experience is the sun. And that, um, like, okay, like near-death experiences, when they see their body after they come out of their body, uh, their their astral body, they say, is translucent liquid light. And it's like an orb or maybe a, um, like a, what do you call it, a, I can't think of the word, but it, it doesn't look anything like your physical body, right? So, and by the way, the our physical sun is actually white, is white, the sun is white. And so, in the astral plane, there are so many near-death experiences that actually one of them said I, I flew right into the sun you know one of them said oh it looks so much like the sun but you know it didn't blind your eyes i mean there's just dozens where they actually compare the white light of the near-death experience to to the sun and so if our bodies don't look like our bodies uh, in the astral then the sun wouldn't necessarily look like the, the physical sun either you so, know this is so fascinating to me you know what here's what i want to say I had David Griffin on this show, and David Griffin is one of the leaders of the United States Organization of the Golden Dawn, one of the modern orders, right? You know, and he told me, because I asked him what this whole thing was about, and he told me that same thing about archons and all this, and he said that what we're, what we're supposed to do is transmute our soul out of the soil of our body on past the lunar body into our solar body, and I may be getting this wrong, on past that even, so that we become infinite, immortal, conscious beings that can move through stars. He said, I'm not talking about physical, dense planets. He said, what I'm talking about is living in starlight and being able to go and live in stars, through the stars, through the... That's what it's all about. yourself, maybe, right? And I was like... I got to thinking again, man, about Robert Monroe's books, you know? You're breaking up. I can't hardly hear what you're saying. What did you ask me the I first know, time? I know you're talking about the you talked about or something like that, but he called him Sun Soul Lucifer. Their books they talk about the demiurge being associated with the sun. I mean, I know uh, the. GRS mean, I think the one who translated the Pistosophy and stuff like that, he he's equated the Demiurge with the sun. So there's quite a few reference materials that, that will equate um, that with the, the sun. And then I know some of the secret societies, don't they talk about um, Sirius or, you know, these the, the central sun and all these others, the sun behind the sun. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I can't dismiss what they say. I mean, because I don't really know. I mean, it's very interesting. Man, the Skype just did something really crazy. I don't know. Like it knocked out the sound or something. Yeah, you were breaking up. I couldn't hear half of what you were saying. Great. I'm getting the blue screen. I hope I'm not getting the blue screen. Uh, It must be the Archons, John said. Some people lost me there for a minute. Man, yeah, there's been some wacky stuff going on in the tech world. But, yeah, Mm -hmm. I just... uh, they do have control. We're still on the air, you think? Yeah. When I, was when I was interviewing my friend, he almost seemed like he didn't think the interview was going was to happen because they are these beings, they, they mess with electronics, and he's tried like he's tried to write his story and stuff like that, and it disappears on his computer, and he's like trying to text emails and stuff like that, and you know they just erase it, or you know it's, it's, they do have a lot of control over the electronics. Well, you know, I wasn't trying to... I was—I don't know, man. I just—it seems like every time I get to the answer, 
okay, so, we're, you know, I'm down to the answer. So we're going to go through star light and sound and all this other stuff. We're going to be past the stars. And that's what this whole thing about. And then Wayne Bush comes along and goes, now, dude, the light's a trick. And I'm like, now what? Now, now well, what all do? that's all that's the, the physical dimension, right? It's the, the, you know, whatever this is, the third dimension or whatever. And so if you're just going in the stars and, you know, the edge of the universe or into the, I mean, the better bet would be going to like the uh, center of the universe. And maybe if you're going through a wormhole or a stargate or something like that, at least you have a chance of going up to higher dimensions. But like I say, I, I personally agree with, with Nikola Tesla when he talks about everything being frequency or energy, you know, and so... If there's higher dimensions, it's it would be based, I guess, on, on frequency. Although dimensions are off at a perpendicular 90 degree angle, but I still think it's all kind of a continuum of frequency. So um, my goal is just to use my intention. To yeah, man, I'm my with frequency. you. I'm not mad at you. I'm just yeah, mad because yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, William Dillman says it too. So. Does he? Okay. Well, I, I can so. trust that, man. About moving inward, you know, he says we're multidimensional beings, and that, um, so like, you know, frequency is wavelength, right? Mm-hmm. So, higher frequency is shorter and shorter waves, or shorter and shorter wavelengths. So you're you would actually be traveling inward. You know, would be going within yourself. You would be moving inward. And so that's why the like the mantra "move inward" to me is is a, a good one. It's and also higher frequency, um, but you know, I wouldn't. Technically, I wouldn't use the word source or something like that. Or I know yeah, he's just in case the self, source Matt. is the sun. Oh, you want to he, go to the source? Okay. Right. Or the source <laughs> is a lizard. I mean, S-A-U-R-U-S. It's a source. Source is, is lizard. Um, so you got to be careful, I think, with that kind of stuff. And then he says, like, uh, higher self now. I mean, I'm not comfortable with, with the term higher self either. If it's like an oversoul. So what all oh, you just go back to your overs oversoul? I mean, I want to go to like the highest frequency there is. I mean, um but I do like his his thinking about moving inward and because it's all about frequency. Um, have you ever tried uh, the shamanic type stuff like plant and herbal medicine, like maybe dimethyltryptamine? Have you ever thought about that? No, I've never I done it. I know David Ike I know David Ike wrote um, that book about infinity or whatever is um, he, he wrote it after a DMT or an after an ayahuasca experience he had. Um, I've I've never done any drugs. Um, I've read a lot about them. There's a website called DMT Nexus, and there's a lot of experiencers who um, after or while doing their DMT, I mean they they say they go they're shot through like a wormhole basically, and um, you know a lot of it they see these geometric. Um, figures and stuff like that but a lot of them will have contact with these entities and some of these entities they they feel like they're feeding off of them and some of the entities will even talk to them and tell them um i know this one um Sevilla, i'm not sure if that's um part of the dmt uh, uh salvia oh yeah salvia, yeah I, t- I would stay away from that if i was you that i'm, I'm not pers- somebody having an experience pers- with it yeah, they said that this this entity started talking to him and, and telling him that this is um, all a, a game that that God um, is 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 basically has us in and that we just have to go through it and and all this stuff. So I mean, these entities they actually tell him a lot of stuff about this being a game, or they can this, a lot of the experiences or feel them feeding off of them. I know Dr. Rick Strassman when he, he wrote his book, um, what is it, the, the Spirit Molecule. 
he talked about how like half of his experiences or so many of the experiences would would meet these reptilians or insects or gray aliens they they, they have a experience with all kinds of aliens these clowns or the i guess the uh, terence mckenna um machine elves and stuff like that so um no personally I, i'd rather try to do it naturally i'd like to have an astral projection an out-of-body experience i think that would be fine Man, but I don't want to mess with the the, the drugs. Um, I got you. Me neither. That's why I was just I was just wondering if you've ever had that kind of experience. But like I said, man, I didn't have any out of body experiences until I listened to that audio book on Audible, which is a uh, William Buellman's How to Have an Out of Body Experience. It was pretty expensive, but it was worth it. I think I used my free credit with it to get it, anyways. But it was. The one time where when you launched out of your body, you're like, okay, am I really out? And then you can look at yourself sleeping. You're like, oh, dude, I'm really out. But, you know, <laughs> this is the thing. The other thing is, the uh, I think I mentioned Alex Gray earlier, and he's pretty well known within like the New Age community and whatnot. You know, a lot of his paintings and um, stuff are very popular. And he, I was watching one of his YouTube videos, and he says that those paintings are a result of his uh, experiences with uh, DMT. And he it was um, talking, well, he, he, he collaborated with the uh, alternative rock band Tool to make um, this one video in particular. It was called Vicarious. And in the song Vicarious, is almost told from the first, first point view of these uh, entities. And they talk about how they vicariously live through us. And in this video, it's showing these ticks and leeches and stuff coming out of the body. And, and there's like an octopus that's almost, I think it looks like a moon or something like that. Huh? Yeah, I heard that through the Forest Moon Paranormal. They said that larva, these larva type beings, will attach to your your aura or your astral body or something. That's weird, right? So you know, he, he as a result of his DMT experiences, he, he's doing paintings with all these uh, basically parasites and stuff that are feeding off of man. You know, so yeah, this is something I, I personally want to stay away from. And I know I've. I've had people write to me before, and and all of a sudden they're seeing these Egyptian deities and stuff like that, and they're being told, you know, that they're the, um, I don't know, mother goddess or something, and and I don't know, it's I don't know if it's true or or whatnot, but I know that these 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 archons or these these shadow beings or these parasites or whatever, I think they they can implant thoughts or hallucinations and, and as long as they can get you take you on a ride and get you convinced that there's something important i've had people write me that um down dmt and they, they went through this one guy said he was found himself on a farm with like this seven foot tall or something gray alien and they were showing him this farm that they were on and he, he didn't you know understand the meaning of it all but um there's just so many experiences that are that way I think I know what I'm gonna do, man. If I when I if I think I'm dead, sometimes you don't know. You don't know if you're dead or not. According to uh, Robert Monroe, some people just don't know. But if, if mm-hmm. I pass away before I do anything, I'm gonna be like, hold on a second. Where's Wayne? <laughs> where, where did Wayne go? Before I do anything, I want to talk to Wayne just to see what he did. You know, and the, you know, I'm not saying you'd be dead, but I was dead. But uh, Oh, this is so like I said, be careful. They got those Akashic oh, yeah. records. They could send yeah, somebody oh, looks exactly like them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here you go. Yeah, go to the light. It's okay. I was wrong, right? You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. So. Oh. 
think it's something we all have to come to our own um, conclusions. That's a monumental thing, you know, obviously. And, you know, it's not that every, you know, most of the near-death experiences don't even see a light or or go to the light. So, I mean, to say that, oh, you're you're definitely going to see a light and you either have to make this choice to go to it or not. I mean, like I said, I think everything is driven by our, our consciousness. And so there was people that, like, one guy saw this, I don't know, this fireball kind of going through the sky. And he said it kind of reminded him of it was like a, um, a nuclear generator or something like that. But anyway, it was this tunnel or whatever. And he said, no, I want my own. And he, he literally created his own tunnel to go through. And he goes, he goes, that is mine. And he, he went through that. And then there's this other woman, Nancy D, um, where she found herself going through the tunnel and she realized that it, it was just an illusion. And so she she stopped going through it, and and um, there was I can know somebody else was talking about how um, they were very experienced. This was during an out of body experience, and this was on one of the Reddit sub forums, and he was talking about how um, he heard this voice say, "You are now entering the uh, afterworld" or something like that, wow. and he he and he backed up. And he went back into it again, and he heard the same message. And he, he did it like a couple times because he said he's really experienced with astral projection. And he, he came to the conclusion it's just a tape loop or some kind of looped program. And I know, I think William um, or Robert Moreau mentioned yep. something about that too. Yep, he did. As soon as you said that, I was thinking about that. A loop. He mentioned another thing yep. that was like a wheel. He said it was like some kind of um, something that sorts you out and puts you where you need to be. And there's... I've heard experiences about this wheel that people interact with that just has like, it just sorts people and puts them in some body or whatever. They got to make a movie about his trilogy, like, man, or something. Like the jer- yeah. It'd be really good. Well, I've tried to match it up and I can see that's what you do too, but you, you're taking, I like your approach to all this because you're not just buying. If you go to his website at uh trick by the light.com, you can see there's so much information there, and it's not like you're giving in to all the information. You're just looking at it, you know. You're just looking at all of it and trying to validate things, looking at parallels. So I trust what you're doing, I, you know, and your methods and what you're doing, man. I, I'm, I'm just kind of – I can understand why Art Bell asked this to everybody after he talked to John Lear about that because it bothers your mind after a while. <laughs> You know, yeah. and if Whitley Strieber comes on the program or whoever else, you're going to want to say, hey, by the way, would you go to the light? You know, you're going to want to know. I mean, because it's, it's a little it's a little scary, to be honest with you. Well, you know, we we may not have a have a choice. It's it's hard to say what happens. And I know the Gnostic texts talked about there being a, a virgin of light or something like that. And that, um, you know, they even talks about the, the receivers of the moon and the receivers of the sun and the receivers of the light and that they'll they'll take it and they'll like put it through a purifier. I think they call it Mel- Melchizedek, the purifier, something like that. And, and then they'll they'll put you back down they'll put your souls back down into men or animals or whatever. But that in your last, um, I guess, your last incarnation, when you're ready to to get out of it they'll, they'll put you in a, in a righteous body or something like that to where maybe you can on your last go around you you learn the mysteries or whatever but another near-death experience that i remember somebody saying they were, that um the light was um a varying frequency or varying intensity and that depended upon the one's uh, the purity of one's heart so 
you know, that would kind of match with the different people seeing that the light's cloudy or the light's misty, but then other near-death experiences will say the light was pure, you know, so there's there could be just varying intensities of light. And if it's all coming out of our own projection from our own consciousness, then that might fit. So it's, I think it's extremely important to, to practice spiritual alchemy to where you are transmuting your, your lead into gold. So like, you know, you, you know, get rid of the, the fear and the doubt and the guilt and 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 the hate and anger and all that the envy, hate and greed, as as John Lear would say, and um, make sure you you practice you know, altruism and uncon- well not unconditional love but um, love for others and kindness yeah, and, have and integrity, mercy, compassion. Yeah. yeah, yeah, integrity. And I look at it a lot like the movie um, The Wizard of Oz, where um, Frank Baum wrote that, and he was a, a theosophist. And um, in that movie, I think it, rec- it it has so many parallels to the near-death experience. Well, f- well, first of all, she's she's on a Dorothy's on a farm, right? So we were talking about you know all this being a farm, but um, she goes through this vortex, right, which is the the tornado, right? And so the near-death experiencers they go through. Sometimes they're called a vortex or a tunnel or a spiral or whatever, and then she, they they say there's colors over there that are so much brighter and there's colors that we don't even have here on earth right and so when she goes through this this tunnel water when she comes out the other side the movie switches from black and white all of a sudden into color right and then there's a spiral golden path that that she's going down and then she meets all these um different characters you know that all are lacking one or another quality that they need you know like the the uh the tin man needed a, a brain and the the scarecrow. I mean, the thin man needed a heart, and the scarecrow needed a brain, and then the cowardly lion, you know, needed courage. And so, I think those represents all the different things that we need. Like, we need wisdom, which is the brain, and we need to have a pure heart. You know, the you know the spiritual alchemy, the love that I was talking about, and then the the cowardly lion. I think the the third component is like willpower, um, because like I was saying, everything is manifested by your your intent or desire and so it's very important to have this this uh powerful will you know to resist all the temptations or distractions that the archons might you know send your way so um like I, and then of course you football. have yeah yeah and so you um yeah this, this the wizard of oz was this this man that um perpetuated this the whole illusion right and he was just this frail little man behind the curtain but you know he would show his face as like this green alien or whatever and he's pulling all these levers and stuff behind the scenes and and they buying and everyone's buying into his illusion right but um he was really nothing to be afraid of and so at the very end when when dorothy um wants to go back home when she goes back home she repeats the mantra there's no place like home there's no place like home there's no place like home so she's doing that that positive intention of, of going you know back to, you know home to to where it's pure and safe and everything it makes you wonder uh you know in the bible where they talk about the lake of fire you know all souls will be liars will be cast in the lake of fire and I'm thinking, what if that's just like a consciousness recycle light, you know? Throw them in there, recycle them, and start over, you know? I don't know. The sun is, is what they say. It's it's fire. And, and the word for the, the Greek word for sun was helios, H-E-L-I-O-S. And the sun, even in the Bible, it says that God is a consuming fire. I mean, I don't know. There's just some things that kind of pop into my mind as you're talking about that. 
um, the lake of fire. You know, in the near-death experience on that website, you search for hell or or Satan or all that stuff. I mean, I think there's only like 40 out of 4,000, maybe one out of 100, so it's like 1%. I know people have quoted higher figures, but at least on that website, um, there was like maybe 1% that, that experienced, or not, they didn't even experience it. They, they were shown it or they saw it, and they were hardly ever themselves experiencing it. And um, so, I, and I think that you can leave anytime you want because it's all driven by your consciousness. But if, if, you, if you're convinced you deserve to go to hell because you went to church and they told you you're a no good sinner and, and all this, that, um, then you could keep yourself there. And this woman who, who wrote me where she found herself in, in a void, when they when these demons, she said they look like uh, the creatures in, in the movie Constantine. Oh, my God. But they, <laughs> except for that they didn't have, like, the faces like babies or something like that. But um, I think she said that once she said to herself that I don't deserve all this, this is bullshit, you know, she said that it, this um, mother figure or mother goddess reached kind of saved her from from the the entities right but it was when she came to her own realization when she put an end to it like i don't deserve this that that she was rescued and she she said that um the beings actually she didn't see it but she said she she had the i the knowledge or whatever that they were spiders they were like spiders and she said especially the mother figure and then when when they, when she rescued her from these entities, the entities were like, "But you said we could, um, we could, we could have her or something like that." You know, almost. But she, she, she said the mother figure. She thought that she was good and and everything. I guess because, you know, she was in hell and she no longer was. But there seems to be like, they're working in in unison together there. You know, like the good cop, bad cop, and you got this. The, it's a game of of duality or polarity, and you got the two sides and. There's the hell, and the you know they'll scare you to the light, right? And you'd be, you be, you deserve to go to hell, but you, oh, if you go to the light, you'll be saved. I just had a real freaky deja vu thing. I hadn't had one of those in a long time, but it lasted What's for about twenty seconds. I kept looking around to make sure. Yep, having deja vu. That's weird. It's like the movie The Matrix, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even the People candle, man. I got this silver candle that's about a quarter lit next to me. And I looked at it, and I was like, I've seen all this before. The chat room, I'm looking at, listening to your voice. It's weird. It happens. I they had say, deja vu in a long time. They say time. that we plan, we plan out our, our lives ahead of time. I mean, it, I mean, I don't know how much free will there, there actually is. If we do have free will, it's, it's you know, not in this realm so much. It's, it's when you're more in the astral or, or beyond where they convince you that you need to come back and say you you, you plot out your life and all the supposedly the lessons you need to learn or, or whatnot. And, and so, um, it's all basically planned ahead of time, all the major events of your life. And, and so I don't know, I think it's at some level, we're kind of living the dream of God, you know, that, that they're probably that's is a true God. Dude, what if that's and what I've always thought. thought. I just said, dude, on the radio again, I said, I would never say that, but you know, when I get into really deep conversations, I, I, the dude comes out. So sorry about that. But I always thought like, you know, because sometimes when I'm taking a shower I'll, in the early in the morning, I'll phase in and out of consciousness. And I'll be like, and I'll wake back up. Kind of, you know how you're phasing in and out because you're so tired. And I'll yeah. wake back up and I'm like, wait a minute. That reality I was just in isn't better. That's It was more real than this one. What if yeah, I'm in a dream like a, trying to wake up, you know? I was just going to say, it's like a dream within a dream. You know, like uh, um, Edgar 
Alan Poe talked about dream within a dream or um, what is it? Uh, merrily, merrily, you know, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. You know, life is but a dream. And, you know, the, the boat is, is your, your soul and the, 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 the stream is like a stream of consciousness. But I mean, I do think, you know, we, I, as above, so below. So we have these dreams and you know, one third of our life we spent, you know, asleep and what's up with that. Right. So we have these dreams and, um, how do we know that this that we're in right now isn't a dream? It's like the movie inception where you've got embedded realities or, or dreams. And ultimately I, I think it's, it's like a game or it's, um, it's a divine drama or a cosmic play that, that, that we're putting on because as true spirits, you know, for whatever reason, maybe we're bored or, um, everything seems to be about stories and experiences. And, um, you know, or, you know, if you have to have a good story, you know, you have to have drama and conflict. I mean, you can ask any scriptwriter in Hollywood and they'll, you know, you have to have a, you know, hero and a villain and, and, um, it makes for good drama. Makes for so good louche. Yeah, it makes for good loose. And so this is like a reality TV show that we're in. It's like, you know, why, why are they so popular? And in, in the movie, The True Man Show, you know, was, was like he was living in a, a reality TV show. And um, I think we do have spirits or aliens, whatever you want to call them. They're, they're watching and they're entertained by some of this. <laughs> they're feeding off of all that drama. So you think that you think because you responded pretty good with that you think that this could be just a this could be the falsest reality that we're in right now. Yeah, this Didn't is the as bad as that? we get. Huh? I think the Hopi tribe did believe that that this wasn't reality. Or the uh, the Mayans. The Mayans, Mayans, maybe I'm getting that. Maya, yeah, the word Maya means illusion, and um, you know the, uh, there are a lot of near death experiencers that actually come back or you know that when they were over there they looked at this and they said this is a dream or it's an illusion or it's a game i mean i've got at least you know one or two dozen quotes of people talking about it's entertainment well, this one guy asked them what's the meaning of life they told him it's for the uh, entertainment of the spirit realm you know of course they get like diff- they've told many different things of what the meaning was and um so it's hard to draw any steadfast conclusions from that but um a lot of them have seen the grid, the grid lines. Um, yeah, it's pretty interesting. I mean, these are near-death experiences. These are just not people that have a dream. Um, How many of them have you read, do you think? Oh, man, hundreds, hundreds. Um, maybe a couple thousand, I don't know. It seems like I've read most of them. I don't know, so many. Well, I know I had Thomas Campbell on here, the physicist that helped oh. come up with uh, Hemisync big, with Robert Monroe. Big toe. Yeah. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, he was on here, and he said that what he told me was he's like, you know, you need to look at it like a video game, you know. Yeah. Basically, right. you're you can only see with your consciousness out to the TV, and there's something behind the scenes playing the video game. You, you know, you die, you come back, you try again. I should have asked him though. I wish yeah, I'd have talked time. to you before I talked to him because I just said, yeah. you know, hey, would you go to the light, Thomas? You know, he'd probably say no. He'd probably say what you said. Probably. Um, I, my friend that I interviewed and I, I talked to quite often, he, he says they, they play us like, um, like video game characters that, um, that really, I mean, we are basically, you know, but they don't feel our, our pain or our suffering up there. You know, I don't know. Um, but it sure feels real down here. And that's what I don't get is the need to learn. Like, you know, if you're up, they say when, when you're, 
during the near-death experience when they're in the light that they know everything there is in the universe. And so if we're supposed to come here to learn, um, it's, it's hard to understand. Um, only thing I do know about what does need to keep learning, and that's artificial intelligence. You know, they constantly have to, you know, reprogram the algorithm to get better and better and better and to learn more. You know, we have these smart technologies, smartphones and whatnot. And I think the uh, the Gnostic sects refer to this, this demiurge character as being without spirit. And um, so in, if we are in a simulation, then there's an awful lot of artificial constructs involved. You know, it's a virtual reality and um, it's all the game, right, <laughs> according to that that line of thinking. Do you think that you could uh, – Catalina is asking a question in the Spreaker chat. Wants to know, can you see your future in the, what they call the Akashic Records, or is it just you can only look at your past? Um, I think you can look at your future. I know this woman um, where she um, – she was part of the mind programming, mind control programming Um I'm not sure which project, if it was like Monarch or um, one of those, but she she can read some of the Akashic records, and she says that um, her kids and stuff don't want to know the future, and she she has access to some of that stuff. Yeah, I, th- I think that yeah, you can because we 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 plan it all in advance. It's all and and supposedly time is an illusion, and everything just happens at once, um, which is kind of hard to understand. But um, yeah, you. I think you can see the future. I know it. As a matter of fact, the, the man I interviewed, he saw, he was shown what the, uh, basically the end of the earth was. I mean, he saw a period where we went through a darkness and then on the other side where um, he says the Demiurge um, gives up his, his, his game that he's playing. It's like a balancing act where it's two-thirds light and one-thirds darkness, but it, um, at the end, he, he just gives up because the souls stop uh, reincarnating and stop coming back to Earth. And so um, there's this period of darkness, and then um, basically we rebuild Earth for, you know, there's like a period of peace for thousands of years or something. So he was shown a future, and some of the near-death experiences were like, a, you know, what if you make this choice to go back, you know, here's what will happen if you do go back, and here's what will happen if you don't go back, and they're literally shown the future and you know how much of that is is manipulation and, and is really true who knows are you in the and you're into the the crowd that says that we're never going to know the answers do you believe that well, i think eventually uh, there finally i get so i mean god i hate when people say that and i know it's probably it must probably true but my whole life is about trying to figure this stuff out. And I can tell by looking at your website, yours is too. So does it bother you when people say that? I oh, mean, you're never going to know anyway, so don't worry about it. Well, what do you my mean don't worry about that. it? Yeah, yeah, my family, people tell me that. It's just, you'll never know and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I think I found out an awful lot. I mean, I don't know everything. That's for darn sure. Um, but um, we have, there's a lot of evidence and, and information that we've compiled so we do know more than we when we knew before right so i'm amazed at some of the stuff that people have knowledge about and you can't even attempt to talk to them about everything you know because there's really nowhere to start and their eyes are just going to glaze over and then you're going to look I, like a crazy person my parents when i mentioned near-death experiences to them they they say it's uh, it's a hallucin um, hallucination but yet these near-death experiences, I mean, they'll say, most of them will say that they actually died, right? And they'll say it's more real than the reality that we're in right now. Um, like, we know the difference between 
are real life and, and what you had in a dream usually, right? You know, it's a dream, but this is more real. Well, the near-death experiencers say that 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 that, that um, it's even more real than this and that they have a higher consciousness at that level than we do here. Like they said that this is like the dream compared to that. So, yeah, it's very <laughs> infuriating when people say that you, you can't figure it out or you, you'll never know, you know, because then it's fatalistic. You won't even try, right? Right. Well, man, this was definitely a fun conversation. Can, you got to come back on the show or come on Space Out Saturday or something. Because I know yeah. there's so much information that you got. We didn't even we didn't even started to touch the tip of the iceberg with it. That's very true. So much, so much. Yeah, I'd love to come back anytime. And how can everybody uh, out there find you on the web? Are you on social media at all? Um, yeah, I prefer if they just email me. I don't, I don't do the Facebook thing so much. Um, don't blame my me. Web, yeah, my email address is uh, waynejbush at gmail.com. That's W-A-Y-N-E-J, the letter J, um, B-U-S-H at gmail.com. And I love to hear um, people's experiences or their thoughts on, on any of this stuff. Um, I learn so much from, from people. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, this is these are my favorite conversations. You know, especially somebody that's been through a lot of the same material I have. And I know that the audience in the chat room really dug it, man. So I'd love to have you back on anytime you anytime you're free because I know you've been on several yeah, I'm getting, radio shows now, hadn't you? I'm getting more and more comfortable with. Um, just winging it like this. I mean, even tonight I prepared this long um, thing I was kind of going to read and, and go along because I have no idea um, what it's going to be like. But I feel real comfortable talking to talking to you and um, um, likewise with um, what was the I can't remember his name Ryan right with Ryan the, Gable uh, the yeah. teachings yeah Ryan. So I think I'm becoming more and more comfortable with doing it this way. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks okay. for coming out, man. I really appreciate yeah. it. Hang out sure. for just a second. All right, guys, we're okay. ending up the show here. We're going we're gonna to have to get out of here because it's time for Spaced Out Radio if you're listening live. Don't forget, tomorrow night, hopefully we'll get Whitley on here. If not, it'll be a great show regardless of that. I can promise you the show is produced by the Fringe FM and cannot be rebroadcast or syndicated without written permission. Music was by Chronox, Kevin McLeod, and Spaceboy at spaceboymusic.com. See you guys tomorrow night.